Okay, another podcast of Robert Nauer Unfiltered. Today, I'm going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart and the heart of just about everybody who lives in the state of Florida and any other state that has HOAs, homeowners associations. And having been involved in a number, been a board member, received trainings. Florida is an unusual state because Florida, we've had condos collapse on beaches. There are multi-million, billion dollar lawsuits involved and a lot of questions come up. So I'm going to go through a list of the questions and issues that I've made and I'm just going to talk about them. And if you've got any questions, feel free to comment on the podcast or on YouTube. And uh, here we go. The good and the bad of homeowners associations. Well, first of all, HOAs, for the generally speaking, have a lot of rules. There are a lot of rules. But basically for the homeowners, there's only a couple pages that typically when you read all the covenants and uh, or whatever they call them, that apply to the homeowners. And they typically deal with payment of fees, maintenance of shrubs and grass and the appearance of the house and the roads and edging and mowing and cutting but they don't always deal with in detail all those subjects most hoa rules and regulations the covenants are lacking they're not specific um, they're not detailed they're oftentimes too general and um, and one section tip often contradicts another and why is that it's because HOA boards are fucking cheap and they don't pay for lawyers to review their uh, rules and uh, you have people who are non-lawyers writing these things that don't know how to write there's all kinds of issues there's they're generally just a really shitty poorly written document and that's why each and every homeowner needs to read the actual covenants, which by law they have to give you a copy of prior to you signing for a contract on a house or to purchase a brand new house. You have to know the rules. You have to know the rules and why there are rules and who controls the rules and how to get the rules changed. All in all, it's a bunch of bullshit, but there are people just like me and others who would say, Well, if you're going to have an HOA, have an HOA that is a very strong and well-managed and organized HOA that, that does things for the benefit of the value of the homes in the HOA. In other words, they keep the area clean, painted, pretty, maintained so that home values do not plummet. The problem with that is that 98% of all HOAs do not do that. And most homeowners associations um, shirk the rules, allow their members to shirk the rules, and thus obviate the rules so there's no need for the rules. And then home values plummet over time. So, yes, there's pros and cons to everything. But in general, a well-managed, well-run HOA is for the benefit of the homeowner to keep their home values up. So that when it comes time to resell a house, that they're going to get a good, decent value or increase in value of a home. But generally, sadly, that is not the case. 
uh, in Florida, I don't know about other states, I'm sure it's generally the same, Florida had been up until recently a very lax state, a lax legislature in maintaining oversight of HOAs, issuing statutory Florida rules per HOAs and condo associations. And we all see what happened with that, with the Florida condo that collapsed on the beach, killing all of its occupants for the most, for the most part, and resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars in claims and launch uh, lawsuits. Well, those same, same things can't apply to regular HOAs, non-condo, non-beachfront properties too, to a certain extent, other than the fact that the homes generally are not going to collapse. But there's all kinds of nuances that you can read in HOA documents, such as if your home burns down in an HOA, you have 12 months to rebuild that house. Well, folks, let me tell you, in this day and age, to rebuild a house in a subdivision, and it's an HOA, is not possible in 12 months because, number one, You've got to get all the debris out, clear the property to rebuild, get ins uh, insurance claims approved, which takes six months to a year. The year's already up. You haven't even built the house yet. So th these are some of the issues that you're going to find in stupid HOA documents that HOAs have. And if they tried to fine a homeowner for trying to rebuild a house in a period longer than 12 months, they would be sued and they would lose. So you need to know the statutory rules. Where do you go? Well, in Florida, you go to myflorida.gov, and you can find them, or you can simply do a Google search of Florida um, documents pertaining to HOAs, and the uh, Florida website would pop up. And you have to drill down to the neighborhood where the HOA is, what county it's in, what city it's in, what neighborhood, and you need to go by the name of the HOA or the subdivision. In my case, it might be Tropical Way or Tropical Isle subdivision. And sometimes you look it up that way. Sometimes you can look it up by um, the actual subdivision plat number. There are also local ordinances and state rules supersede local ordinances and no local ordinance for an HOA can can um, supersede a state rule so what are where are the covenants and the rules found well when a subdivision is being built or if you are purchasing a resale uh, the realtor is required, real estate agent is required to give you a copy. You, you should demand a copy of the covenants. And if you are a half-intelligent, smart individual, you should read every single page of those covenants. Why? Well, in order to know what's in them. Because what's in them can bite you in the ass down the road if you don't know. You may find out by reading the HOA covenants that they are so onerous in nature that you wouldn't want to live in that subdivision to begin with. Um, you might think to yourself, wow, if they're this picky about everything, they must have a stick up their ass or something. I don't know. So you need to read the rules. You need to go find the documents. And if the real estate agent says, I don't know where a copy is, well, the president 
and the board members are required to keep copies of the covenants so that when issues arise, they can refer to the covenants and the rules to determine if somebody is in breach of those covenants. There's always somebody that has a copy. Normally, when a person goes to sell the property, they're supposed to provide a copy of those covenants of the HOA to the real estate agent selling the property for them so that they can then send them out to prospective clients that might want to buy your house. A uh, question comes up. What can you do as an owner if the HOA doesn't follow the rules as you do and or is arbitrary about implementation of the rules? Well, first you're going to need to bring them in attention to the attention of the board and you're going to need to do that in writing. The biggest mistake most people make is they do it verbally or they walk over to the uh, president of the HOA's association and they knock on the door and they say I don't like this or that well that's not good enough you have to put it in writing you should send it certified return receipt so that he or she has to sign for it and that way if you decide you want to haul their ass in court and sue them for breach of the covenants which you can do um, an example of this would be in the state of Florida every HOA board is required to have meetings uh, in the sunshine, publicly, and they're required to provide financial status and copies and accountability of all the funds received by the HOA as provided by the HOA homeowners. And they're required to account for the expenditure of funds, have a balance sheet, and they are required to do this annually. And they're required to provide this information if requested by a homeowner. And if not, then the homeowner can legally sue them as being in violation of Florida state statute and, and or for every day that the board is more than a certain number of days late in getting that information to the requesting uh, HOA member, the HOA board is responsible for paying a $50 daily fee. Um, for every day that they are late or tardy in getting that information to the requester. Uh, a HOA member, if, uh, for example, funds are being fraudulently used by a board or a board member or the HOA president, as we have seen in several instances in Florida where HOA presidents and board members have committed fraud, they are, can be sued both criminally and civilly for that abuse and uh, end up going to jail. So you would think that normally if you're going to sit on a board, you wouldn't want to do anything that would cause you to get sued or be um, um, issued a criminal liability by the state for your breach of your powers. So you can hire a lawyer or you can simply go down and file a brief yourself at, uh, in civil district court to take the HOA to task by simply f paying the filing fee. Now, that's an issue because filing fees sometimes are $12 in some counties. And in the case of Indian River County, they're $500 if you want to sue your HOA board for a breach um, civilly. You have to follow the rules if you're going to live in an HOA. Because if you follow the rules, you're not going to have any problems. 
It's the people that don't follow the rules that piss other people off and cause people to become concerned about your behavior, the improper maintenance of your lawn, or the mold on your stucco, or the dirt and mold on your soffit, whatever. Not cleaning your roof, not cleaning your driveway, not keeping your house in proper appearance. Those are all things that some people get really pissed off about. I do. So if you follow the rules and you maintain your home properly, take care of your lawn, you're never going to have any issues. But you personally might have an issue with somebody else who doesn't. So it's important that if you're going to live in an HOA-controlled neighborhood that you follow the rules and do what you're told. Now, people get all pissed off up here in the villages where I live now which is what we call a compliance neighborhood. It's not an HOA. There is no HOA in all three counties of the villages, but it's a compliance neighborhood. They do have rules and regulations that every homeowner has to follow, and people can call in anonymously and say, hey, I drove by such and such an address, and it looks like shit. They're not maintaining the lawn, blah, blah, blah. Weeds are everywhere. And then the villages would send out a compliance inspector, and analyze the situation and probably issue a citation to the villager which would then go before the CDD board which would make a ruling and if they find the homeowner is in non-compliance after so many days then they can start fining and some of the fines run anywhere from $50 a day to several hundred dollars a day for every single day that the item uh, that is not in compliance is continued so Villages has a very neat and strong and, and special way of taking care of what I call non-compliers. But in an HOA, it's different. In an HOA, you have to bring a formal petition to the board, complain about it, and then if the board decides not to do anything, well, you're kind of shit out of luck. If it's something that you don't like, say a neighborhood isn't maintaining their hedge or something, or has cracked concrete curb in front that they did from a big truck or something that they refuse to fix. If the board says, eh, we don't care, then it's very difficult for you to be able to fix that. We'll think of other things. So is it better to live in a non-HOA neighborhood as opposed to an HOA? Well, what, that really depends on you. After many years of living in both, I, my wife and I have finally come to the conclusion that if we could find three to five acres that's non-HOA somewhere in a decent area we want to live, we would live there because we don't have to put up with anybody's shenanigans, anybody's bullshit, can park anything on our land. We want to do anything. If I want to go outside and piss, piss in the pot out in the back door, I can do that and I don't have to worry about what people think. But in an HOA, you can't do that. In an HOA, you have to follow all the rules. So it really depends on you and what your particular circumstances are. But I can tell you this, that in the state of Florida, if you don't like living in an HOA and you decide to move to an HOA, well, you're kind of stupid because you just decided to fuck yourself by doing that. And that's not very bright. <sighs> what else? When you live in, here's one. This is true of the villages. The villages, for most homes in the villages, the lot sizes are very small. You can reach out and touch your neighbor. 
In the villas, the villas are a little bit different. They're very tight, but you don't generally see your neighbors unless you want to. But in any community, whether it be an HOA, in the villages or not, and you live in very tight quarters where land is very scarce and zero lot lines, you are not... Uh, you are generally not going to be very happy over time because tightness and togetherness and being too close to your loud neighbors, neighbors who talk loud, smoke cigars, stinky cigars, drink and yell a lot or scream at their wives, you're not going to be very happy living in that kind of tight quarter situation. So you really need to think about that. What does the meaning of togetherness really mean? And it, you, if you live in a situation like the villages, well, you may not always end up being totally enamored with your neighbors. Uh, you've got to love living in an HOA where your neighbors are very close to you. I know my wife and I are not thrilled about being too close. That's one of the reasons that we prefer not to get to know our neighbors too well because there's an old saying that is very, very true. Now listen to what I say to this. Familiarity often breeds contempt. And so familiarity with your neighbors, if you get to know them too much, too deeply, too intimately, um, it can breed your own personal contempt for that neighbor or neighbors. So sometimes not knowing your neighbors is the best policy, especially when you're in an HOA. Um, how do I find the best HOAs to live in? Wow, that's a tough one. Because the only way you can really do that is by going to the HOA, visiting it a number of times, talking to the people that actually live there, going up and knocking on their doors and asking them what they like and what they dislike about living in their HOA, their neighborhood. And you will find generally when people do open up to you, they will not always open up to you, that you can find out little tidbits of information that may tell you you don't want to live in that HOA. But the only way you will ever find that, it's like finding out what area of the city is the best area to live in for traffic. Well, the only way you'll know that if you've come from another state or city is to get up early in the morning and drive like a new worker in various traffic patterns early in the morning to see just how god-awful the traffic is. And traffic is generally pretty damn awful all over the country in the morning and in the afternoon at rush hour. But the only way you're going to know which neighborhoods have the best traffic patterns is to go visit those areas and drive in it. And the same is true of learning about HOAs. How do I avoid bad HOAs? Well, it's the same answer. It's basically go there, visit, get to know the people, ask questions. Uh, also, do a, legal, do a legal research of the HOA, which is on state records. See how many lawsuits have been filed within an HOA. You can find that information out. If you want to hire a lawyer, which is kind of expensive, they can find that information out too. And I can tell you, if, you have a, if you're going to live in an HOA where there are numerous lawsuits back and forth, you do not want to live in that HOA. 
What about HOA fees and fines? Oh, well, there's another subject because some HOA covenants provide for fees and fines for late payment of dues, for non-maintenance payments of road uh, reservation of funds, for not maintaining hedges properly, bushes or lawns. You can be fined for that. If you live with logical fair and reasonable people on the board, they're going to give you a grace period to fix or remedy a problem. But uh, if you don't, you will be fined. And yes, HOAs can definitely enforce those fines. And generally what will happen is if you don't pay up after a certain period of time, um, they're just going to put a lien on your house and, and plus the interest that is due for the fine that you didn't pay. And that can amount to thousands of dollars over time. And eventually, when the house does get sold, the HOA will recoup the fees, the interest for the fines. Um, There are some HOAs in this country that have such enforcement powers that if you don't pay within a certain period of time, they can seek a sheriff's sale on your property and force you out of your home and sell your property. Those are rare, but they do exist. Again, how do you know that? Well, here's the answer. Read the fucking document, and then you'll know if they can do that, because some can do that legally because it's in those documents. Do HOA board members have to receive training in Florida? They damn sure do. State law mandates training of all board members and liability of all board members. All board members in Florida should have liability insurance for the HOA to protect all of the homeowners that are HOA members and have special liability insurance for themselves should they fuck up or do something really stupid um, that was legal but they did it and somebody sues them, then they're covered. It does not cover a board member who commits fraud or a board member who does something criminal or inappropriate. Uh, So, yes, board members should receive training. There are law firms in the state of Florida and and also condo groups that provide training. Uh, There's actual association in the state of Florida that provides HOA and condo um, board member training for HOAs. And so it's very important that anybody who serves on a board immediately go get training, the basic training, get their certificates. So what happens if you don't get that training? Well, yeah, there are some board members who have failed to go get training. I know of a president of an HOA down in Vero Beach who we all went and got trained. He did not, and he thought he was smarter than everybody else. Well, here's the rub with that. If he fucks up or does something really bad or misuses, mishandles the money of an HOA, and gets them in dire straits or fails to pay certain fees for maintenance of the lakes or the ponds or things like that, and a homeowner sues that individual for improper maintenance of the funds, improper maintenance of the grounds and facilities, uh, that homeowner can win very easily by simply showing that the president of the board should have had training, refused the training, didn't go to the training, and was told that they needed the training, well, the lawsuit is going to generally go in favor of the uh, plaintiff. And the defendant would be the uh, board member or the president of the HOA who would lose the lawsuit. And thus, the um, 
whole entire HOA body, homeowners, would have to pay for that lawsuit. And that lawsuit could cost several hundred thousand dollars, which if you are a very small HOA, say 18 to 25 homes, uh, several hundred thousand dollar um, lawsuit claim against your HOA could not only bankrupt your HOA, but it could bankrupt many of the homeowners who now would have to pay out of pocket. And if they couldn't pay, um, then other drastic measures could be take by, taken by the plaintiff to uh, sue the non-payers who didn't have the money to pay um, to remunerate for that lawsuit. So it's very important to have training and it's very important to have proper insurance. And yes, HOAs can fine you. Uh, depends on how big a bunch of assholes they are. That's really the bottom line. Um, there are some HOAs that I've driven into and talked to people, and they don't give a shit about anything. And it looks kind of like a non-HOA, but it's an HOA that has maybe an HOA monthly fee of $25. Basically, they only give a shit about maintaining the entrance of the HOA, whereas other HOAs have... HOA monthly fees of several hundred dollars, and those are the ones you've got to be really concerned about. Um, where can I obtain training? I think I said that. You can, there are law firms in the state of Florida and in other states that provide training for HOA members, and there are other uh, orgs that do that. So can a board member... And HOA member be personally sued. I just answered that too. Yes, they can. And that's why they should have liability insurance and why they should damn sure have training so that they don't fuck up. <laughs> um, do HOA members all share and suffer the monetary and li uh, liability of all lawsuits rendered against the HOA? Damn sure. <laughs> damn straight. So um, you, you, you want to have a very well-trained, well-run HOA board that knows what to do, how to do things properly, and is not arbitrary and capricious in their handling of matters. Because, yeah, not only can they be sued and should have insurance, but so too can the homeowners have to suffer those consequences. So then it brings us to the question, is it good to live in an HOA that has pools and playgrounds? And the answer to that is generally up to you you're probably going to pay for it but no the answer to that is no you damn sure don't want to have pools and playgrounds why because children get injured children drowned in pools 99.99 percent of all hoa pools and clubhouses do not have lifeguards they say swim at your own risk well that does not limit your hoa member liability in the case of a drowning i actually lived in an hoa in ohio that where we had an hoa outing to a YMCA at night, and it was a pool party, and a child drowned during that HOA outing. Now, here's the rub. It was still part of the HOA because it was an HOA-sanctioned acti activity. The kid drowned, and the parents could sue the entire HOA. They didn't sue for some reason, but they could have sued. 
It was back during the time when I guess people didn't really sue each other. But today we're very litigious and people will sue. And if a child dies, you could probably expect Morgan and Morgan or somebody to bring a lawsuit for several million dollars against your HOA. So do you want to have a pool where your children could drown? No, I don't because the risk is just too great. Do you want to have pools and ponds that don't have no trespassing signs and don't have warning signs. No, you don't. Because again, if a child comes along or a person who's fishing or a teenager and they're messing around in a pond and get eaten by an alligator, guess who's going to get sued? Every single homeowner. So <sighs> pools and ponds should be fenced off if possible. Uh, pools and playgrounds need to be fenced off and need to be monitored, but they usually are not. So then that leads me to the next and next to final question. Is an HOA better off without having all the frills of a huge clubhouse complex with pools? And my answer to you would be, damn straight, you do not want to have that. And if you do have it, you're going to pay probably four to five, six hundred dollars a month in monthly HOA fees just to have those things things that you typically as a family will not use except maybe in the summertime. It's a piss poor way of wasting money. Now the last question here is are management fees of HOAs costly? And the, my answer to that is you bet your ass they are. And I'm going to give you an example. This is a real life example because I know because I lived in Vero Beach where we had an HOA. The beginning month, the beginning yearly cost to have a small firm, accounting firm, manage your HOA. There are smaller firms that do it, but I found that in Indian River County, Vero Beach, the minimum yearly fee was $17,000 a year for an HOA that only had 20 homes in it. 20 homes, 17,000 a year divided by 20. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. So yeah, to have a firm manage um, your HOA is going to be a humongous expense. Now, if you're talking about a huge subdivision that has three to four or five, six hundred homes, which, for example, GHO down in Vero Beach and, and DR Hortons and Lennar subdivisions that sell out, they will usually have management firms take over uh, and work for the homeowners. And, and the fees will still be accordingly very high because... Just figure it out. If a small HOA of only 20 homes is going to cost $17,000 a year, then what is a uh, HOA that has 500 homes in it going to cost on a yearly basis, the HOA? It's going to be huge. So that is why, folks, I prefer to live, if possible, in a non-HOA area where I don't have to fuck with high fees, fines, and fools. That's F-O-O-L-S, fools. Because wherever you live with lots of people, there are going to be lots of fools. And so with that, that, those are the most honest and realistic comments that I can make based on 45 plus years of living in and around HOAs 
Today I live in the Villages, Florida, which I said was not an HOA. It is not an HOA. It is a compliance neighborhood. Clearly it says it in the documents when you buy it, that if you buy a home or a villa in the Villages, you must be compliant with the rules. And if you are found to be non-compliant, you will be turned in by somebody because there is always somebody who's going to turn your ass in. And it's all anonymous, except in two CDDs. And there's many CDDs here. But there's only two CDDs that are uh, anonymous, not anonymous. Every other CDD, and I personally like the fact they're anonymous, because if you see somebody not taking care of their property, hey, then you all you have to do is call in. It's an anonymous compliance neighborhood. And I think that's also why, for the most part, in the villages, as opposed to other South Florida and mid-Florida areas that are HOAs, that the villages tends to look a little bit better in appearance over time than do most HOAs. So with that thing, if you have any questions or comments to make on YouTube or about the podcast, please feel free to leave your comments. If it's about cursing, like I sometimes do, I don't really give a shit. Keep your comments to yourself because anything you say, I could care less. I'm 71 years old and I don't have a give, I don't give a flying fuck what most people think. So with that, Bob out.